Well, hey there. Happy New Year. I hope you're having a fantastic day thus far. I know that for so many that life is now back to normal. The Christmas break is over and technically the new year happened last week. But for so many, this is the official real beginning of your new year. And today, this podcast is simply a short pep talk to help you get motivated for what God has for you in 2020 and give you some practical insight on how you should be leading yourself. My name is Adam Shaw, and this is The Restorationist. Thank you so much for listening today. It truly is an honor. Absolutely is an honor that you'd give me this kind of time in your life. And uh, whether you listen online, whether you listen through your favorite podcast app, through one of the services like Spotify or Apple, to all of you that share the podcast on Instagram, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And so today, this podcast is dedicated to all of you who are faithful listeners, leaders that are trying to grow yourself, grow your life, and be a witness for Jesus in this world. Now, I don't know about you, but I am, I'm a list guy. I'm one of those guys that when I go to make a purchase, I, um, I I need to, I need to research it. I don't, I can't just go out and buy a backpack. I can't just go out and buy a laptop. I can't just go out and buy a phone. I can't buy a pen or a pencil or a journal without Googling what is the best. And then I, I fill in what I'm looking for. And then I spend an inordinate amount of time looking at blogs, looking at, you know, review websites, watching videos, trying to find out what is the best of something. What is, what is the, what is the best app to help me manage my time? What is the best app to help me manage projects? And, and, and I've, I've read a whole bunch of them and, uh, I, I think it's good. I do it all the time. I don't plan on, on changing the practice. I have, I've learned so much about gear and tech and things I use and I've made informed decisions and I have way less buyer's remorse because I search for this best thing or this excellent thing. And so um, I've got all kinds of stuff that, that I now, now use. In fact, I'm, I'm recording this, this podcast um, using uh, my Rode Procaster uh, microphone and my Rode podcast studio uh, with a dual monitor LG setup to uh, LG monitors I bought on sale on Amazon that are great kind of widescreen monitors. And I have zero buyer's remorse about these things. And I've been burned in the past where I didn't do the research and I made an impulse buy and, and then had to take it back and had to deal with the hassle of the return. And, and so searching for the best thing is really good when you're looking for a backpack, when you're looking for a cell phone or when you're looking for, 
you know, anything that you need to purchase or buy from, you know, the sheets on your bed to, you know, the phone that you use to listen to this podcast or the headphones that sit on your head. It's good to search for and, you know, do the research for the best thing. But here's one thing I've discovered. I've discovered that this pursuit of the best or the pursuit of the perfect is not great when it comes to your approach to personal transformation. It just isn't. It just isn't. In fact, I have this, this one of my favorite quotes from my favorite author, and I talk about him all the time, uh, Patrick Lencioni, is, uh, is this. It's, it's perfect is the enemy of progress. In one of his books, many of his books, he, he, he elicits this quote. He talks about, and, and is very complimentary towards um, the book Good to Great, uh, that talks about how we need to choose the great instead of the good, that we need to constantly be saying no, not just to the bad, but also to the okay, to the good, so that we can say yes with all of our energy, all of our time, to the great things, the great decisions, the the great pursuits in life. And I agree with that. I believe that we got to choose great. But one of the errors that I think that that I've made, at least, and, and maybe you've made too, when it comes to my personal transformation, is that I have... I have pursued the best and the excellent, and as a result of trying to figure out the best way to change myself, the best habit to take, the best approach to undertake uh, uh, in pursuit of my goals, what's ended up happening is, is I've wasted so much time. Perfect is the enemy of progress. And so before I get too far ahead, there, there are three things that I want to talk to you today um, I have three things I want to bring up when it comes to your personal transformation. And I've already kind of jumped into the first of those three things. When you're wanting to change yourself this new year, when you're whether it's lose weight, whether it's become a better leader, whether it's become a better father, a better husband, a better wife, a better mother, um, draw closer to Jesus, pray more, whatever your goal is, whatever change you're trying to make in your life, you need to hear this first big point as we walk into what is officially the real week of our new year, and that's perfect is the enemy of progress. Again, searching for the best sheets to put on your bed will help you have a more comfortable sleep. But constantly analyzing the best approach to creating change is a surefire way to head nowhere. At some point, you've got to pull the trigger. At some point, you've just got to jump in and start doing the work. Perfect is the enemy of progress. And so as you journey through change, and as you approach change in this new year, in whatever facet it is, many, we've got lots of organizational leaders, lots of pastors that listen to this podcast, and, and you're thinking of change and transformation, not on a personal level, but maybe on an organizational level. You need to hear me even clearer. Perfect is the enemy of progress. There is no perfect way or perfect path that you will find before you start. There is, here's what, here's what I've, here's what I found. I, what's the best, you know, what's the, what's the best way to do small groups in my church? 
Let's think organizationally for a second. What's the best way to do small groups in my church? I have found that I don't find the best way until I start small groups in my church. Perfect is the enemy of progress. So if you've got all of these goals for your life or for your area of leadership, if you've got all these goals for your organization, things that you want to change, stuff that want you want to, to, to be different in 2020, remember point number one, Perfect is the enemy of progress. At some point, you have got to just start. And that leads me to point number two. Like I said, this is going to be a short podcast day. No no 60-minuter for today. And it's this, and that is you have to embrace micro-failure on your way to macro-success. You have to embrace micro-failure on your way to macro-success. So perfect is the enemy of progress. That means that once you decide what you need to do to make change in your life, you just need to start pursuing that goal, understanding that you're not going to find the best approach or the best way until you do it. And that means you're going to have to be okay with failure. So let's let's explore this, this concept for a second. I define macro failure as the total collapse of you reaching and pushing towards your goal. It's doing nothing. It's saying, I want to launch this initiative in my ministry. I want to uh, have a more unified church or organization. I want to improve our, uh, I want to improve the culture of leadership in our organization. I want to draw closer to God. I want to read more books. I want to pray and fast more, whether it's a spiritual or physical goal, whether it's a personal or an organizational goal. Whatever it is, macro failure is when you decide you want to do something, but then it exists only in the world of ideas and you never actually do anything or you start strong, but you only are able to sustain your pursuit of your goal for a very short period of time, and then it fizzles out. In other words, you try to, as the meme says, you know, started to read your Bible for the whole year, but realistically, you stop somewhere in February when you hit Leviticus. That's macro failure. Macro failure is the setting of a goal and then doing nothing about it or only doing something for a very very short period of time and you fail to follow through. That is macro failure, and macro failure is, is awful, and it should never, never happen in your life. You should have the integrity of your commitments, and you should attempt to uh, follow through on the things that you say you're going to do and avoid this ma- macro failure. But, but micro failure is different. Micro failure is what I believe is John Maxwell defines as failing forward. It's when you try really, really hard, but you haven't figured out the best way to do it. So, so you mess up. You drop the ball. So you set out to, let's, let's use a personal spiritual discipline. So you set out to read your Bible, but the time you set about to do it, you're distracted and you get interrupted. So you got to find a better time. It's, it's you want to work out and you go to the gym but you, you, you work out at night instead of the morning and you find out that working out at night, you're tired and you can't have a great workout. It's setting out to, it's setting out to have better connectivity in your church, but finding out this ministry initiative that you've launched is not the best way. So you've got to, 
You got to kill that initiative and find a new way to reach the goal. It's you're on the pathway to success and along the pathway, you find out what works and what doesn't. That is what micro failure is. So let's unpack this concept even further because I believe there's some questions that you need to ask yourself so that you can embrace micro failure and avoid macro failure. You can embrace micro failure, but avoid macro failure. And here's this. Here are these questions you need to ask yourself. What type of work needs to be done before we launch the pursuit of our goal? What type of of pre-work needs to be done before we launch the pursuit of our goal? Number two, how can I ensure I don't macro fail? How can I ensure that I'm not biting off more than I can chew, as my dad says? How can I make sure that I'm aligning myself for success? Here's some other questions you need to ask yourself in this pre-launch phase. What is the win? Clearly define the win. Clearly define the objective. You may not have the process right. The process will need to be tweaked as you move forward. That's what micro failure is all about. It's tweaking the system, tweaking the process. But you need to have a clearly defined goal. Now, that can be thematic or conceptual, as as we've discussed in other episodes, or it can be a very specific goal that's not thematic. It may be lose 75 pounds, it, which it, it may be, um, it may be grow the church to 300, or it may be um, reach as many people as possible, or um, uh, read the Bible and draw closer to God. It can be a thematic goal or it can be a specific goal, but it has to be very clearly defined. The second thing you need to have in this, this pre-launch phase is your defining objectives. So not only do you have an idea or a goal that you've set, but you've put legs to that goal by answering what must be true or what must be done in order for me to reach this particular goal. And again, these don't have to be super, super specific, but they have got to be categories of repeatable actions that will put you on the pathway to that goal. And then you just need to execute. And you need to understand that execution is simply experimentation along the way to success. That until you find a way to really nail it, you're you're going to constantly be tweaking. So here's a very generic example and one that I have no practical life experience with. But um, <laughs> believe it or not, those of you that know me well know that I am out of shape. I'm short and I'm fat. So the fact that I survived for five plus years in the sports nutrition industry working around everyone from professional bodybuilders to Olympic athletes is just, it's really, it's mind boggling. Absolutely. Clearly Jesus was with me anyway. So, so let's say that, that your goal is to, um, to become in radically good shape or it's to uh, lose a pile of weight and your defining objectives are going to be, there'll be something like, you know, eat healthy meals, exercise regularly or a certain amount of times per week. You'll have things in there about how much sleep you need or uh, how much water you need to drink. And then you just need to execute. Now, you may not know the best workout plan. You may not. You'll have to tweak your diet as you go. You'll have to figure out bedtime routines as you go. Uh, but the the basic objectives uh, that you feel you need to have in your life to get to 
your your end goal need to be in place, and then the rest is just fine tuning. It's figuring out that you've got to put your phone away an hour before you go to sleep so that you can actually get a restful sleep. It's figuring out that maybe you need to work out at your lunch break and um, you know work out in your lunch break at work as opposed to trying to wake up early in the morning because you're just not a morning person. All of how you how you do things or how you execute the plan on the way to your goal, those will need to be evaluated again and again and again and again. In essence, this this second point of of bringing change and transformation in your life is understanding that you're going to have bad days, bad weeks, uh, hopefully not too many, but maybe even a bad month on your journey to reaching your goal. You're you're not not every program is going to launch. Not not every every process that you put in place is is really going to land well, and you're going to have to figure it out. As you go along, here's a church or an organizational example. So one of the things that that we discovered is that if we were going to grow our church, we need to create a, become a church where all people can connect and belong. We've got to create a culture of community. And and it's one of the things we we thought of is we, we group different ways. We, we thought about launching interspace groups. And uh, because we had no other model with which to work with, we copy and pasted some models that we saw in some other places because we just had to try something. And we learned that those other models, they don't work well. We also learned that um, within our particular church community, it's no fault to our people. We have wonderful people, but feedback surveys uh, don't work for us. And so the information we thought we were getting that was going to help us grow interspace groups actually was not was not helpful. And so we had to go back to the drawing board. Now, the objective stayed the same, and that is creating a church and creating an environment where all people can connect and belong. And and we do believe that that creating some sort of social grouping within the church is the way to do that. But the the method has got to be tweaked and has got to change. So was this a micro failure? I would say, yes, it was. We tried something and it went okay, but it did not work the way we expected it to work. That's okay because we did something and we tried something and we got modest results. And more importantly, we learned what to do and we learned what never to do again. In, in, a, in, in a world and in a culture where we are often consumed with self-doubt and anxiousness and fear of failure, I don't know about you, but I hate failing. I hate things not being a wild success. It, I obsess over that kind of stuff. I have learned if you're going to try anything new and you're going to push yourself in a direction where you can truly grow and truly transform an area in your life, You've got to be okay with failure. So let's review. Point number one, perfect is the enemy of progress. Thank you, uh, Patrick Lencioni, for that. Number two, if perfect is the enemy of progress, then on the road to our goal, progressing means embracing micro failures on the road to macro success. And here is point number three. And this is probably the most important thing for you to take away from this podcast. And it's this. You are the change agent. You are the change agent. Here's what I mean. If there is going to be any change in your life, it's not going to be an app. It's not going to be a process. 
It's going to be you taking radical responsibility for the results. You may have great apps and you may develop great processes, but the secret sauce is you. I'm not saying that to puff you up. I'm saying that because I have watched people go through the same processes and use the same tools as another with wildly different results. And often, the difference between the success and the one who failed is the degree of responsibility that the one who succeeded ultimately took. So as you're scouring the earth, as you're reading books, and I'm a huge fan of reading. I'm Again, I've already said I'm the list guy. I want to type in what's the best way to do this, what's the best way to do that. But on the road to success, you have got to understand that the magical ingredient is that there is no magical ingredient. It's, it's like part of the pop culture reference here. It's, it's like the Lego movie, You Are the Special. You are the special. What's going to bring change and transformation in your life is that you get so deep within your heart. As Pentecostals, we say, is you get, so, you get it so deep within your spirit that this, can't not, this cannot be the same anymore. This has to change. This area of my life, this, this area of my personal spirituality, this component of my family culture, or this area of the organization that I lead and that I serve in, th- this thing has to change. Something has got to give. And yes, we need systems. We cannot fly by the seat of our pants. Yes, we need to plan. Yes, we need to learn and read uh, and, and develop systems that, that, that we can synthesize from others. But at the end of the day, what is going to make change happen is you. You are the change. You have got to be the change in your life and in your organization. You have got, you've got to sweat. You've got to take responsibility. You've got to work. And you've got to be willing to fall flat on your face as you pursue your goals. It's a brand new decade. And I know you got some great goals and some great big dreams. But change doesn't happen by accident. Transformation doesn't happen by itself. It happens when we get to work. When we just put ourselves out there And we understand that perfect is a myth, that we all need God's help, that we got to be willing to fail and mess up and, and figure out what doesn't work so that we can discover what does. Then we've got to remember that if we want to see change in our life, in our families, in our churches, in our careers, that we have got to become the change agent. We have got to take ultimate responsibility. We got to get a a passion within our guts, within our spirits so deep that says, "I, I don't care how much I fail at this. I don't care if I spend days, weeks, or even a few months experimenting and discovering what doesn't work more than what does. I refuse I refuse to just sit here and do nothing. I'm going to quit waiting for change to come, and I'm going to become the change 
that needs to happen in my life and in my sphere of influence. I'm going to take ownership of what what needs to become different. And with God's help, I'm going to make it happen. Well, you have a happy new year. I'll see you again in a couple weeks. Have a great day.